another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Hartshaw. On today's show, I have a young lady whose passion and drive and fantasy gone wild turned into her passion. She is now a young adult published author, and she also helps other authors pursue their dreams. It gives me great privilege to introduce to you Miss Savannah Goins. Did you want it to be a writer? Yes, yes. I have um, always wanted to be a writer, and I um, have made that a serious pursuit in the past few years. I started writing seriously in 2015, and um, I've had two published books since then. And what made you go into um, young adult fantasy writing? So I think I picked young adult because that was um, an age where I enjoyed reading the most. I liked, you know, escaping into other worlds to get out of, you know, whenever, you know, teenage years are not always the greatest. So it's nice to just escape and, you know, go other places where I could be my, by myself and just enjoy, um, you know, other worlds and magic systems and stuff. And fantasy, like, I really love talking animals, actually. That's what, that's the biggest thing in fantasy for me is talking animals. I love that, always have. And also just made up, um, like, made up scientific laws or made up fantasy laws, like how magic systems work, how, you know, like the rules and things that make those things, um, you know, unique and different. What is the title of your book series? So the title of the book series is the Odin Terador Trilogy. That's the place where it starts and the place it it will probably end um, because it's kind of a journey story. They go to lots of different places. But the first book is called the Gwythinian, which is a made up word. And the second book is called the Krivabanian, which is also a word that I made up for the fantasy series. That's pretty good. Come up words like that. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Actually, they sound realistic. Yeah, yeah, they sound more realistic than anything. Yeah. So what inspired you to write these series? So The Gwythinian was a, a book I got the idea for actually a long time ago. I was 14 and I was driving with my parents down to visit my grandparents. We were driving down from Indiana to Georgia to visit my grandparents down south. And we would drive through Tennessee on this mountain where there were all these like big frozen icicles, like really like four foot long giant icicles. And I thought it'd be really cool if there was a a kind of animal that was able to look through basically like scrying. I didn't know that scrying was a thing, but like look through water or ice and be able to see into other places. And that was how I got the idea of the story. And because I was really into Lord of the Rings, I thought I would be super original and have magic rocks instead of magic rings because nobody's ever done that before. (laughs) And then as I was working on it and working on the characters and the plot, I spent a long time, you know, coming back to it and then getting stuck and going away for a few months, coming back to it. And when I started writing it more seriously, I remembered a time um, that I was at a conference. It was a young Christian women's conference. And I was I was 12 or 13 at the time, and they were talking about purity. And there was a girl that they had a question part at the end. And this one girl came up and she um, asked if she was if it if you would still be pure if you had been raped. And she um, it was such such an emotional thing. It really stuck with me for forever. And so I ended up kind of writing parts of the story for her. I don't know who she was. I've never seen her since then, but it just touched me so much that she asked that and then burst into tears in front of everybody. And I just wanted to give her a hug so much. So I've kind of written 
some of the deeper parts of the story um, for her and um, for other people who have been through some really rough wow. things that um, it's hard to address those things, but I, I like the idea of trying to address them in a fantasy world where, um, you know, it's, it's taking on real things, but it's in a different setting. What happened in your life you feel drove you to write this story besides the trip, you know, with your grandma, your grandparents? So, um, uh, when, so something that really drove me to start writing seriously was in 2015, I was close to finishing college and I was about to get married and I was very stressed with the wedding prep and trying to finish college well. And it was a very stressful time and all the things I needed to do, like plan the wedding and study were things that I, it was like that, you know, how you sometimes get, you have so many things to do that it's so exhausting. You just don't want to do any of it. So right. I was excited about getting married. I was excited about school. I loved um, everything I was learning in college, but I was exhausted of all those things just piling up and it being so much. So I ended up um, getting back into writing somehow when I had absolutely no time for it. And because I didn't have time for it, it was like I was getting away with something. So I found a blog um, on Instagram called uh, Better or Better Novel Project, actually, and it's still around. And I got on there and I started reading all the posts and I just was so excited about it. And it was so fun to not do things I was supposed to do and to just get away with reading about writing and then getting back into the story. And that's that's really what gave me a big boost in getting back into it was that like, I solemnly swear I'm up to no good kind of a thing, <laughs> you know, like, that that was really a huge part of it. And I still try to use that sometimes if I get tired of a project, I'll try to like give myself a little time to kind of cheat and go work on a different project for a little bit because that it's just fun. Okay. Now, yeah. I, I do have, now, how do you find that time? I mean, just to make yourself sit down and write for a couple hours. It's, how do you, um, how do you make, how do you discipline yourself to do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, that has been a process. I've been kind of trying different things throughout the past few years to figure it out. But one thing that has worked the most well for me is to actually get up at five in the morning and write for an hour before work. And I'm not naturally a morning person. So that's definitely been difficult for, you know, sometimes, but I'm kind of addicted to it now. I started in 2017, I think. So it's coming up on three years that I've been getting up at five almost every day. And I, what I like about that is it, I, it's something I want to start my day with. So it's not like I'm just starting and then having to go straight to work. Like it's, it's kind of like I'm getting away with something again, because I get to get an early mm -hmm. start doing something I want. And then I feel more like I own the day instead of like work owns my day, you know? And then even though I'm tired when I get home, knowing that I've worked a little bit in the morning and been a little productive makes me feel like I haven't wasted the whole day and lost the whole day. And like, it's still worth it to go and sit down at my desk and do some more, even though I'm tired. I'm gonna have to steal that idea. Maybe not five. <laughs> yeah. But I'm gonna have to steal that idea. So you brought up Lord of the Rings. Yes. I'm gonna ask you. Cause in your bio, you mentioned Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Mm hmm. If you had to give up one of them, which one would you give? <laughs> which oh, one man. would you give up? That is such a tough choice. Oh, you didn't warn me you were going to ask such deep questions. <laughs> mm, they're both such classics. I think 
I think I'd probably have to keep Lord of the Rings. Oh, it's hard to say, but I think I'd probably keep Lord of the Rings because it's, um, it's older. I don't know if that's really a good reason, but it's, it's more of a classic in a way because it's older. And, um, uh, I really like the setting. I love the setting in Harry Potter, but I also love the, um, the outside in the forest, in the woods. Um, that's like my place. So I, I think I'd probably end up going with Lord of the Rings, even though that's a really tough choice. Well, which which movie series did you like best of Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Mm. Oh, that's another tough one. Oh, gosh. Oh, I might go with Lord of the Rings again, just because I I think the... If I'm remembering correctly, I think the effects are a little bit better in that one than in Harry Potter. Is Lord of the Rings newer? I'm not sure, but I, it's also like in the woods and in the trees and like, mm-hmm. I like that setting. So it's a really tough choice though. I love the Harry I, Potter movies. Well, you yeah. know, probably another factor would be I didn't read the Lord of the Rings books before the movie. So I automatically loved the movie versus I read all the Harry Potter books before the movies. And then because I had read the books and loved the books and also listened to the audiobooks before I saw the movies, um, I could see all the things that they cut out and changed to fit the movie, which I understand why they do that. But, you know, the book is always better than the movie, they say. So, yeah, that's, that's probably another, another thing. Yeah. Okay, so I also read in your bio that consider yourself the biggest dark chocolate fan ever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love dark chocolate so much. I I used to love, like when we would go to Georgia to visit my grandparents, we always got M&Ms and I used to love the milk chocolate M&Ms. But as I've gotten older, dark chocolate's my favorite. My mom gave me some dark chocolate covered coffee beans. Mm, That's good stuff. She gave me a giant tub. It's mostly empty. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not even been a month since Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going those things down. Yeah. And how would you define success? Oh, that's another great question. I think a huge part of success is contentment, not complacency, but contentment um, with where you are, knowing that you're working toward bigger things, but remembering to compare yourself to your past self rather than to other people. I know a big thing for me last year, I got really jealous of a couple of people and almost um, tried to really avoid them because I was so jealous of them that I actually, I realized that was stupid and I was better off being friends with them and developing good relationships with them as other writers and friends. And I actually did have the opportunity to do that. And I'm so glad that I did because comparing yourself to everybody else around you and, you know, people, some people have way more books published or some people have way more followers than you online or have a more successful business, like in that it brings in more money or whatever. But, you know, it's, it's just not, you're not going to get successful comparing yourself to other people. Like you may want to see things that you want to strive for, but the fact that other people are better than you in some ways is something that is just, you just have to kind of be content with that because that's just how life is. But I think a big part of success is uh, making goals and doing everything you can to achieve them. And also remembering to enjoy the little victories along the way. And success is kind of a, a process. It's not really a place you reach and you've arrived. It's kind of a process and you need to enjoy it because it lasts your whole life. And if you, if you spend time being bitter about other people, um, having, you know, more money or anything like that, you know, that's, you know, that's not helping you be more successful or be happy in your life. So I think it's really 
a journey and um, just being happy with where you are, striving for bigger and better things, but also remembering to celebrate the things you've accomplished and being happy where you are. That is a great answer. And the best part, that was the very beginning when you said success is marking where you used to be. That is absolutely love that. Yeah. I'm going to have to put that in my mental Rolodex. Oh, good. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so what advice would you give someone who wants to be a writer? I would say some people might expect me to say that you should write every day, but I'm actually not going to say that. For some people, setting that goal is really helpful and it helps them um, with discipline. But I've found that it's helpful to write a lot, but making a rule that you must write every day can sometimes suck the joy out of it. And so it, it, it is beneficial as a discipline thing, maybe for a while, but I don't think that you have to write every single day in order to become a writer. I think you should, first of all, just do it because if you spend a lot of time setting up the perfect desk, the perfect writing area, you know, the perfect glass of tea or mug of tea, making sure you have like the perfect ambiance, you're never going to get around to it. So the thing is, a lot of times if you're trying to become, you're, you're, you're like, I want to be a writer, I'm going to start writing. And then you spend so much time in analysis paralysis, basically, where you're trying to prepare. It's good to be prepared, but if you try so hard to be prepared that you never actually get around to doing it, then you're not actually doing it. So I would say prepare a little bit, research some, but then just start doing it. And remember, you don't have to be perfect when you're just starting out. You just need to start. And from then on, you will always be better than you were before you started. I wish I would have talked to you when I first started writing. Because oh. <laughs> every, no, because every big author out there is saying, you know, make sure you have, like you said, perfect desk and perfect off. If you don't have an office, just make sure you have a, place designated for your writing and mm -hmm. do this and do that and I went through all that hoopla and I'm like my book's still not finished yeah I it's it's really nice to have an office I do have an office now but when I first started writing my husband and I lived in um his grandparents attic actually we had just gotten married and we lived in basically a bedroom and a half bath so he played video games like two feet away from me very loudly while I sat on a crappy couch and I, that's how I started writing and there was nothing perfect about that situation. I didn't usually have coffee because I didn't have my Keurig in the attic and you know I absolutely didn't have like a fancy lamp or anything like that but I just I had an old computer and I just wrote and I had headphones right. to block out some of the sound but I could still hear a lot of it you know so I think it's just important right. to start with what you have. And now I have a beautiful office. You can't see it right now because it's a mess, but it's beautiful. And I've got bookshelves and I've got my, I've got a couple of cages where I have um, some foster reptiles, but I didn't start with that. And it's just, I think it's really important to just start where you are. Don't wait till you have the perfect office or wait till you have the perfect computer. Just start where you are. And eventually those things will come. Do you have any new books in the works right now? I do. I have the third book in my trilogy, which is called The Cathaweer. That one's in the works. I'm hoping for it to come out in 2021, but I have not announced a release date yet. I have one in mind, but I'm sitting on that for a little bit longer. I'll be announcing that in a few months, I think. And then I also have another book. Its nickname right now is Griffins and Turtle Magic, but it doesn't have an actual title yet. That's just what I've been nicknaming it. Okay. Um, and I just... I just finished the third draft of that and sent it to beta readers on Friday. So I've got some, um, I'm going to get some feedback on that soon. 
Now, what is, can you give us like a little bit of a, a spoiler, a sneak peek, or what the book's going to be about? Just a teeny yeah. little <laughs> Yeah. So, um, for Griffins and Turtle Magic, it starts out with um, a character named Reander, who is a princess on the run from her, um, the homeland she's from, the wetlands. She's running to the mountains. And she's been told her whole life how dangerous griffins are and, you know, that they're kind of evil. And she gets up to these mountains and she finally finds a place where she can work. And she's a princess, so she's never worked before. But she's she's having to run away for reasons as yet undisclosed to the reader. And she gets to the mountains and finds out that they actually are keeping griffins there for some reason. They're actually trying to domesticate them, kind of. They have some up in a secret place. And every now and then she sees them flying around and she is terrified of them. And when the person who just gave her a job ends up having to give that job to her friend for personal reasons, um, Reander has no choice but to go and work in the Griffin hold because mm-hmm. all the other areas around are too far away. And it's um, so it's so wintry that she can't safely walk, you know, tra- travel to any other places around. So her only choice is to go work in the Griffin hold. With a very handsome person, a very handsome young man who is in charge of the Griffin Hold, and that's that's where the story starts. Wow! Now you're done with this book, right? Yes, yes, it okay. is. Um, it's a complete draft. It's been through two rounds of revisions myself, so it's on the third draft. Um, and now I'm getting some feedback from, from some other people. Okay. How okay? How nerve wracking is that to for you? Getting editing feedback? yourself. No, oh, editing myself. Editing, editing, yes. So it's easier in a way now than it was. Starting out, I had no idea what I was doing, and it was very exhausting and stressful, and it felt like I wasn't getting anything done, you know, because it takes so much time, and it's, it, it you know, making decisions tires your brain out, and there's a lot of making decisions as you're trying to figure out which things to throw and which things to keep, and then you realize you messed something up, and you have to go and put things back in that you just finished taking out, and it's a big mess. But um, as I've written, I, that Griffins and Turtle Magic is the sixth full draft of sixth full manuscript I've written. So now that I've got all that experience behind me, I'm a little bit better at writing a rough draft, which makes the editing a little bit easier. Um, but the thing is to just push through it. I know that's not like fantastically inspirational advice, but the only way you can get through it is just to push through it. And I think if you can set a goal for, you know, you have to learn, it's something you have to learn about yourself. You don't just know it's going to take me so long to edit this book, but if you set yourself a goal and then, you know, you have like some checkpoint goals to keep yourself on track so you don't end up getting way behind, see how that works. And then if that, just learn whether what you tried works. And if it doesn't, you can add yourself a little more time or a little less time. You can try to get an accountability partner. Um, There's lots of different things you can do to kind of make yourself do it but the key is to never wait to feel motivated because editing is hard and you're never going to feel like it but if you right. want to have a completed book you just have to do it even though it is not the funnest thing no so do you just write your book get done and then go back and edit or do you write a couple chapters go back edit move forward from that way what is your so, process I like to do more of a fast draft where I do start with an outline, but I like to write it all the way through. And if I'm really feeling tired of it, I'll take a break from it for a month or something like that. But if I'm 
excited about getting back into it, then I will go ahead and start revising after I've got the full draft. Okay. I think if, if as I'm going, I realize I needed to change something in chapter three, I will put a parentheses note to myself about something I need to change, and then I will just keep going. And then the first part of my revising process is going back and addressing each of those parentheses notes to self. Okay. Yeah. Awesome advice. <laughs> now, how can people contact you or find you? So I'm most often on Instagram. That's my favorite place to be. I'm trying to be on Twitter more, but I Instagram is my place. <laughs> so I'm on Instagram a lot. I also have a website, savannahjgoins.com. You can check out my books there. And I've got um, something I'm working on um, developing an ebook right now that's going to be a little handbook for how to make a media kit, um, which I, I might have sent you my media kit, but it's um, just something that has like some like professional photography in it and a little bit about your books yourself. It's something for um, creative entrepreneurs and artists that will help them be able to um, easily send information to people who want them on a podcast or who are interested in them guest posting. Um, and that's going to be something that will be available um, on my website soon for free. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say that. Oh, the question. Are you yeah. horrible at Twitter like I am? Oh, so horrible at Twitter. I think I have like 200 followers and I've had a Twitter for four or five years. And I I just don't enjoy it as much as Instagram. Like in, I just love Instagram no. so much. Me too, but Twitter yeah. is like, okay, so just make a random statement, type it in, and that's it. I'm like, I don't, I can't swing with it like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. Like, and it makes no I, sense. There, there may be a way to mess with the settings, but I feel like I see like, like third, third level. I don't know how to describe it, but like not people that I know, but people who know someone who knows someone I know. And I don't want to see yes. their posts. If, no. if somebody that I know shares something, then I want to see it. But I don't want to see something that my friend's friend likes because I probably it probably has nothing to do with me. And so I feel like it's hard to enjoy my time on Twitter because I'm seeing a lot of stuff that I don't want to see. And then I'm like, do I need to go unfollow this random person? No, oh, I'm not even following them. Why did I get shown this? So I'm an old yeah. lady with Twitter and I need to try to figure out <laughs> my better Twitter yeah, every, name. <laughs> yeah. Every now and again, I'll say something on Twitter just to say somewhat relevant, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually posted one day, like, I'm horrible at this. And people liked it. I'm like, really? <laughs> this is what y'all like? All the other stuff I didn't say it, but me saying I'm horrible, y'all like, yes, repost. I'm like, you know what? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works. <laughs> Whatever works. Okay, I have one more question for you. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. If you can have any song be your theme song when you walked into a room, what would it be and why? I have the perfect answer for this because I love music so much. I get so much inspiration from music. Um, it's the song I Hope You Dance by Leanna Womack. Um, yeah. it, I think it's a song to her daughters, but basically it's my, my life theme song, really. And that's not something that's changed over the years. It's kind of always has been. And it's just, she says, I hope you never lose your sense of wonder get your fill to eat, but, you know, always keep that hunger. And that's like the success being a journey rather than a destination. And um, I hope you dance is like, I hope you, instead of being a wallflower, I hope you go do the scary thing because you're going to love it. You just have to get out there and try, even though it's scary. And that's just like so powerful for me. Oh gosh, that comes on the radio and I just belt it out. And <laughs> it's, it's my phone. I rewind it and listen to it like seven times. And I'm forced by the time I get home. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
that's a great song. I never really thought about the breakdown of that song, but that's true. Yeah. Another one I've been listening to a lot recently that I found by accident is Defying Gravity, which is from the Broadway performance of Wicked. And that mm-hmm. song is so good. I'm actually writing a blog post right now um, just about like how inspirational the song is because it's like I'm defying gravity. I like here I come, whether you like it or not, I'm coming and doing the things mm-hmm. like for say you aren't good enough, people who think you can't do it. It's like, well, I'm defying all that and I'm flying and I love that. Such a good song. I might have to listen to that one. And yeah. one of my friends told me about that play. She's like, you got to watch it. And I still haven't watched it's it. so good. I didn't think that I would like it that much. And I kind of got coerced into going to it last year when I was in New York. <laughs> I didn't, I was being cheap. I did not want to spend the money on it because it was expensive. But my friends talked me into going and I loved it so much because you find out where the Tin Man and the Lion and everything came from, from the Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz. It's like an amazing backstory. I had no idea it was going to be that good. And it's fantastic. And the, the soundtrack is just wonderful. I'm going to have to listen to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Have a good evening. Absolutely. Thank you. You too. Thank you, Savannah, for being on my show. I really enjoyed you. I can't wait to meet up with you like we talked about. So if you would like to be an unworldly church girl, click the link below, shoot me an email, and let's see what we can do with this thing. And oh, yeah. You've been listening to show after show after show after show. You might as well subscribe. Click that subscribe button. You don't want to miss another episode. I guarantee it. Thanks for following your one and only Worldly Church Girl. <laughs>